Hi everyone and welcome to the Raw Show with Michael McDonnell and I have a very special guest. We have Louise Danielle with us today. So Louise, thank you for being on the show. Thank you. Great to be here. Louise Danielle is one of the best mindset coaches and motivational speakers in the UK, going from depressed, stressed and homeless to being an award-winning entrepreneur, rubbing shoulders with royalty and creating over a million dollars to do the work that she loves. Louise's passion and dedication has inspired thousands of people around the world, helping them to overcome their fears, break free from their mental prison, tap into their infinite potential and create rich, rewarding lives. So, very, very uh, inspiring bio there, to say the least, Louise. So, I thought we'd start with, with your background, really. So, would you be able to share with me and our listeners where you were born and what it was like for you growing up? Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's obviously uh, where my story starts. I was born um, in the UK in a small seaside town um, right on the East Coast. It's actually the most easterly town in the UK. Um, and growing up, it was... Um, challenging to say, to say the least um you know my, my childhood I'm the eldest of five um my parents were together um up until recent years and that was actually quite unusual for um a lot of the a lot of my friends and families around here um and you know sort of my, my younger years were um were great but as I grew up and hit uh, my teenage years Things changed in a big way for me and um, I ended up going down on quite a, um, a destructive cycle, quite a destructive path quite quickly. Um, when I look back now, I can obviously see the reasons why, but at the time, um, I was a teenager that felt very scared, very alone, um, thought that people around me hated me um, and I very much hated myself. Um, to the point there were times when I actually didn't, I couldn't cope with the way I felt and I didn't want to be here. Um, and that led to a very destructive path. But I think luckily for me, when I uh, hit my late teens, um, I knew that something wasn't right. I knew I couldn't continue down that self-destructive path that I'd been on and having had the experience of a family life and then to lose all of that and go to some of the darkest places um, as a person that made me realize actually I don't want this anymore I don't want to wake up feeling the way I do every single morning hating myself and my life literally living on the back streets of London um, so I was able to make a decision and, and, and turn my life around um, in a big way um, it was a big decision to make. It was a challenging decision to make. Um, but I'm glad I did because that's what led me on the incredible journey uh, to living the life that I do today, which is very different to, to, to what I once had. Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, it, it definitely seems like the, the rags to riches type. But um, so what, what was this destructive path like? I mean, how... I mean, if, if you're okay to share, obviously, what, what was that journey like? I mean, a lot, a lot of people do go through certain crises when they do hit the teenage years, you know, when, when the hormones are all over the place and they're not really sure how to feel and their emotions are just either up or they're down. There's no grey area a lot of the time. So how, how did that actually show up for you? 
So for me, um, it manifested in a big way, um, you know, and I would literally wake up, like I say, in the mornings, hating myself. And I was the eldest of five children. We had like a really nice home. It always had holidays all the time. But in my head, I didn't fit in. I didn't belong. Um, my parents didn't understand me. I didn't even think they liked me. Um, and I didn't, I felt different. I felt different there. I felt different at school. Um, I was always curious and wanted to know why, and I wanted to know more, and I wanted to know why we had to sit in a classroom for six hours a day and learn about stuff that just seemed like unimportant to me at the time. Mm. Uh, and I think, you know, I um, then started rebelling against that. I rebelled against my family. I rebelled against the school system. Um, and the more I kind of felt the internal um, pain and fear and cycle inside of myself, the more I acted in that way. And then my actions obviously led to the things that I felt people thought about me became like a, a self-fulfilling prophecy almost, because it was like I would do something that wasn't very nice and therefore I'd be punished or people would react to it. And that would reinforce what I thought that I was worthless and people didn't like me. And, and so I began searching for belonging and searching for a place to fit in and that led to a path of um, alcohol of using drugs to then numb the pain that I felt and the actions that I was taking um, I ended up living in um, a youth hostel in the town at one point because my, my family just couldn't cope with the way I was behaving um, didn't fit in there so I ran away and I was in different care homes and it was a really destructive cycle all the while reinforcing how much I um, how much I was worthless and how much nobody wanted me and nobody liked me because I was not a nice person and a, and a bad person and as a young age I mean I'm talking this kind of started when I was 14 years old so I was a 14 year old vulnerable girl um, that believed I didn't fit in, in the world and that nobody liked me nobody wanted me and that I was a horrible person and waking up feeling like that every day I mean, there were a couple of occasions where it was a case of, right, I don't want to be here anymore. Um, and I made that choice to try and take my own life. Fortunately for me at the time, um, I didn't manage to do that properly um, back then. But, um, you know, it was, it was a really destructive time. But the more you get stuck in that cycle, the more it becomes a vicious cycle. Yeah, I, mean, I can definitely see how the the idea of not belonging and, and not fitting in could lead itself to think, well, I, am I not good enough to fit in? You know, it's definitely something that, that a lot of people do experience from time to time. And obviously you you felt that you couldn't really find it or, or did you find it at some point? No, do you know, I never did. Um uh, and it was, um, I never did back then, should I say. Now I, now I do. Now I feel like actually I'm me. I love who I am, the person I've become. And I understand why I felt that way back then. But at the time, like I say, I was, I was so young and so vulnerable, naive, but at the same time thought I knew everything. <laughs> as yeah. um, you know, And it was in order to fit in, um, like there were certain groups that I would, so, you know, when I was living in the hostel, for instance, the other people that were living in the hostel were um, not, they were a lot older than me for, for, for one. Um, and it was like, okay, so this is my family now. I need to do what they, what they're doing. I need to try and make them see that I'm like one of them. And I kind of um, had this, this thing of needing to do certain things in order to fit and belong in a certain way. But I always knew that, something wasn't right it wasn't quite who I was it wasn't um 
the life that I wanted to live and I didn't even fit in there and I think that that was probably a good thing for me when I look back because um, I didn't like it and I think that was partly what led me to say actually I need to find within myself something that does feel right because I, I, I either need to make or break my life, you know, and it literally came down to that. So um, back then, no, I didn't find what I was looking for. But when I look at it, I was never going to because it wasn't something externally that I was searching for. It was an internal feeling within myself that I longed to feel. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. A lot of people do tend to they do tend to relate this, this idea of how hard is it? to fit in so they have this thing where if they're doing things that are the complete opposite to who they are it's obviously very draining it's harder to do you're always trying to to try to fit in by doing things that you wouldn't normally do or you don't want to do or you do things that make others happy but then you're not happy inside so it is this this internal external type situation is as you say you know if you're searching for it on the outside it's going to be hard to it's going to be hard to find it because obviously everyone's different everyone has a different way of, of living and a different a different values and, and, and different beliefs and different things that make them happy so what what advice would you give to someone that's, that's struggling down that path I mean, obviously, I mean, it's something that I've experienced as well. That's why I can, I can talk about it in, in quite a lot of depth because it was something I had as well. Mm-hmm. So what, what advice would you give to someone that's, that's struggling to, to fit in or feel like they have to change their actions to fit in? Yeah, great question. And, you know, for me, just to um, go back on that point, it was um, I, I believe that every single one of us, no matter where you are on your journey or how far down the road of destruction or the path of um, development you are, we all know in our hearts who we truly are. We all know in our hearts like what it is that we're meant to do. Whether we are consciously aware of that at times or not is a different question. And I think for me, you know, the more I did things that weren't who I truly was, the more I felt that and the more that led to fueling this cycle of not feeling good enough, of um, needing to self-medicate to stop the internal pain and feelings that I was feeling because I wasn't being true to myself. Um, you know, and I think that that is what creates a lot of suffering for people, whether you're, you're homeless, whether you're just trying to break out as an entrepreneur, whether you're trying to be a great parent, wherever, whatever it is that you're trying to do. I think that true suffering comes in when you're not being true to yourself, because on some level, we know that and that's what creates this internal conflict within us. So, you know, the, 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 the best advice that I could give anybody is to take the time every single day, no matter how uncomfortable it feels, no matter how painful it is at first, just to tap into your heart and ask yourself, who am I truly? How do I want to feel? How do I want to walk my path and move through my day? And what actions do I need to take 
in order to give me the strength and confidence to do that. You know, because that's what it comes down to. I think that we're swept along in such a fast paced world and we're constantly searching for things outside of ourselves, searching for the groups that we belong, the places that we belong, the mentors and gurus that we need to follow and the people we need to be like, when actually the more we do that, the more that takes us away from who we truly are inside. So taking that time, even if it's five minutes a day, just to be still with yourself and say, okay, who am I? Like, what do I want? What do I want to feel? And what actions do I need to take in order to do that? And working on building the courage and strength within yourself to say no when it is a no and yes when it is a yes. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's, there is the element of, of being truthful that I think is worth, is worth underscoring here because there's this, there's this idea of saying yes to things when you probably should be saying no. And I guess there's this element of being truthful to yourself first is definitely a, definitely a good step, you know, but obviously that has to radiate out to other people. So if you, if you know that it's a no in yourself, but then you say yes, then other people will think that's okay. So other people think that you really mean yes. You know, people don't see, they don't hear the, the voice in the internal conversations do they you know so, so it's when you say it's a no but you say yes they're not going to know that it's really a no so they're going to assume that you're doing what's best for you they're not going to assume that you're doing things that are not what's best for you but in fact you probably are if you're if you're not being truthful Absolutely. so uh, so are there any other are there any other ways that we can direct this thing because if if you speak to someone and go oh just just find out who you are and and just be yourself it sounds it sounds almost too vague if if that makes sense so i mean for for us being adults it might be a little bit easier to do but for someone that is in the situation that you were in you know 14 15 struggling not really sure what what they are who they are who, who they're supposed to be what what advice would you actually give yourself as a 14 year old to just make things a little bit easier? Yeah. And that's a great question. And, you know, for me, when I look back now, I was desperately, desperately searching for love. I was desperately searching for the feeling and wanting the feeling that I am loved and that I am enough, you know? And I think that was what led me to do a lot of the things I did and go down that path. And, and exactly like you say, it's difficult to, when somebody is in that crazy desperate situation to go, that's okay. Just be yourself, be honest with yourself. Exactly. Like you said, that's like a, a big ask. And not only that, when you're in that space, that's the last thing that you probably want to hear. You know, the first step I would say probably before that is to be honest with yourself about, where you are right now um so it does come back to that honesty but honesty within yourself first of saying actually this is where i am right now and this is how i feel um you know because a lot of the time uh, i know with myself i tried to escape how i felt because i felt it so strongly but um you know getting to the point where you can say actually this is how i really feel and what is it this what is it that's making creating these feelings like what is it that's making me feel this way internally within myself like why am i feeling this way um what happens to make me feel this way like what would i if i think about feeling something different like how do i want to feel instead and for me to feel like that what would need to happen like those are the first steps of saying every day okay this is where i'm at right now 
I'm acknowledging where I'm at right now rather than saying, no, it doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. I feel something different because that's again going to create that disconnect. So you need to get honest with exactly where you are right now. Why is it you're feeling that way? And say, actually, what do I, what do I want instead? Like we don't want to focus too much on where we are because focusing on where we are will bring us more of that. So we want to acknowledge it and accept it and then say, okay, but actually this is what I want. This is what I want to feel. And what do I need to do? Like what's one thing that I need to do in order to help me move closer to feeling that way every single day? Because the thing that I know now that I didn't know then was that nothing is permanent. Absolutely nothing is permanent. We're not permanent. Nothing on the planet is permanent. And just because you're feeling a certain way now doesn't mean that it's going to stay that way. And each and every person each and every one of us has the power and the potential to change how we feel, to change the direction of our lives, the circumstances of our lives. But first of all, we have to acknowledge that actually it's not permanent. And I need to get honest with where I am right now. And I need to look at, instead of focusing all my energy and time on what I don't want, I need to focus my energy on time and what I do want, because that in itself will start to create the shift. Yeah, for sure. So what, what would you say to someone? Because obviously if, if where you are now, so let's just, um, let's just give a quite, quite a straightforward example then. So this is sort of stemming from the idea of knowing what you feel, knowing what you want, knowing what you dislike and don't like, and what to say no to, what to say yes to, and being honest with yourself is fine. But how does that translate into the real world? So you've got to interact with the rest of the world, right? There's, there's no point in there's no point in knowing who you are and being a bit more honest with yourself if it conflicts with other people. So how how would you go about that side of things then? Translating that side, like the internal side of things, into the real world. Mm -hmm. absolutely it's, it, and it's all about taking action you have to take action you you know um there's this great thing in the in, in the law of attraction where people um and i've worked with clients like it who, who think that actually if you just think about it if you envisage these things in your mind if you like put your vibration into that space and you sit around all day and think right it's going to be great now it's going to be great now it's going to be great now then things are going to be great and actually it doesn't happen like that you have to be willing to take the action you know people always say to me as well like I've got this fear how do I how do I stop having fears how do I make my fears go away and um, you know I always say to them that there are ways that you can overcome the fears that you're feeling you need to step over those fears but fear in itself fear in general will never go away because there'll always be an element of fear in something that you do because that's the way that we're programmed as human beings we need like an element of fear but you have to get to a space within yourself because the other thing to remember is when you repeatedly do something the more you do something the more it becomes conditioned in your mind and in your body as well um, you know so when you try and create a change not only are you trying to um, create that change from a mindset point of view your body's also been used to feeling that way you know there's two parts to our mind we've got our conscious mind and our unconscious mind um, your unconscious is responsible for up to 95% of everything that you think you feel and you do and the unconscious is where your programs, your beliefs, your patterns, your behaviors are all stored. And if you go and try, try and change something on a conscious level, so you're like, right, okay, I'm going to create this change now. I'm going to be this person now. You're only doing that with the 5% of your conscious mind. 
And what begins to happen is, this is why when people try a new diet and things, very, pe very few people actually stick to them because what you do is you say, right, okay, I'm going to do this new diet now. And you can probably do the diet for like a day or maybe two days or three days. But what happens is you start to go, oh, what's happening? I really want that bit of food. And you're consciously thinking about food and all of the things that you no longer can have because not only is your mind consciously going, I want this now, I want this now. Your unconscious is going, hang on, this doesn't feel right. Your body's going, hang on, this doesn't feel right. This isn't right. This isn't normal. We need to go back to the old way of being, um, you know, because it's become conditioned. So the only way to overcome that is to face those fears that will come up. When you say, actually, I'm no longer going to do this anymore. I am no longer accepting this person in my life. I am no longer going to act in that way. You have to be aware that you need to consistently commit to taking action just step by step, little by little, day by day, because the more you do it, the more that will become normal to you. The more that you repeatedly do something, the more it becomes reinforced and the more that then becomes the new way of being and the new habit. So it's about taking those steps and those daily actions every single day. And these can be small things. I always say, start with the smallest thing. So if it's like an online business, for instance, that you, um, you've got something that you really want to create and share with the world, but you're too afraid of what other people may think, do something daily to condition your mind to create that new way of thinking and that new way of feeling internally. And then just one action a day. So just post one thing a day on a social media platform about what it is that you're now creating in the world. Commit to taking that one daily action and make it a non-negotiable. Because if you really want to create that change, you're the only person that's going to do it. The only reason we don't create change is because there is more benefit for us to stay where we are and stay stuck in that old patterns and the old conditioning than there is to us moving forward, no matter how uncomfortable it is with where we are right now. So in order to create that change, you need to make that become more comfortable and a non-negotiable than, than staying where you are currently is. That, that seems, to, seems to lend itself over to the idea then that we are essentially trying to make our lives as easy as possible. We're trying to, because obviously the, it seems definitely to me that it's about efficiency in our own heads. So that's why our unconscious is probably so big is because everything becomes automated. Everything becomes automatic and routine to the extent where we don't actually have to think much anymore and I think that that's that seems like it's a process though so when we think about like learning to drive for instance when we first learn to drive we're thinking about everything everything's super conscious we're not allowed not allowed distractions we, we can't have the radio on but then when you're when you're a driver you've passed a test you've been driving for a few years the kids can be screaming in the back seat you can have radio blasting and and all kinds going on and yet you're still able to change gear you're still able to to use your mirrors and indicate and drive in in at least a, a comfortable fashion so how how would you go about actually helping people with things and i guess to be a bit more specific to you, Louise, would be how did you how did you change things around from you being in in this granted not that great situation for you when you were high school age? How did you manage to turn things around? And if if it relates to the the, the conscious and unconscious and this idea of conditioning, then you know feel free to to mention that as well. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the driving is, is a great example that I always use, you know, uh, often as well, whilst we're doing all of that, we can end up at a destination and we can't even remember the journey of getting there, um, you know, because we've just been so focused on other things that we don't need to remember to do all of that. And that is exactly like you say, that's the role of the unconscious, because it's like thinking about it in this second right now, you don't have to think, oh my gosh, I need to breathe. Um, you know, your cells are being regenerated in your body every second of every day. Your hair is growing, your nails are growing, things are happening. And we can't simply, we couldn't consciously be aware of all of this stuff happening. So the unconscious's job is to take care of that and do it all for us. And it's exactly what, what you said, using the example again of a car. The first time you get in a car, there seems like there are 50 or 60 different things that you need to do all at once. And I remember when I first took my driving uh, lessons I was like oh it, it felt like there was so much to do and so much I needed to remember but now like I say you, you can drive somewhere and not even remember getting there because it's it's become such an unconscious process and that's the key to creating change the key to creating change is to create a new unconscious process a new unconscious conditioning a new unconscious way of being so for me um, you know I was the situations I were in, I was in became so painful that I was no longer prepared to stay there. I was determined to turn my life around and do something different. And those first steps were some of the hardest steps in my life to, to, to come back home and say, actually, I want to be here now. I want to create a life now. I want to start living. I want to start being something different. Um, and it was difficult and it was tough. But day by day, there were different choices I was making. And really, this comes down to becoming conscious, to becoming conscious and making your vision of what it is that you want to create stronger than staying in the place that you are right now. Because for me, I was able to to turn my life around and get things back on track. But then what happened, which was even greater than that, was that I was given a vision. Um, I was able to find meaning in those years that I had and to say, actually, you know what? I know what made me feel that way. I know why I was behaving in the way that I did and why I was acting like that, um, you know, in my teenage years. And, you know, if, if I was feeling like that and I was able to turn it around, why don't I use that and start helping other young people who were going down that road to stop them feeling that way? So a passion was then ignited in me to say, actually, if I'm able to do this, I need to show other people how I did that so that no other young person needs to suffer in the way that I did internally and externally. So I then grabbed hold of a vision of what I wanted and what I wanted to create. And within the space of a few years, I was able to create something um, just so amazing that literally began transforming the lives of hundreds of young people but that didn't happen overnight the way I did it was with that daily condition waking up every single day and not saying oh no I don't want to be here anymore I don't want to feel this way anymore I don't want to feel that anymore I don't want this I don't want that instead I was waking up and I was saying okay I don't like the way I feel today but how do I want to feel how do I want to feel today what do I want to do with my life today and making a conscious choice to take one action that would start to make me feel like that. And the more actions that I took that would make me feel like that, the more actions I was inspired to take because it only takes like we our unconscious and conscious mind, the unconscious works on state dependent memory. So we only have to feel a certain way for 17 seconds in order for us to access what they call state dependent memory. Now, what that means is if you're feeling really not very good and really down and really depressed, if you recall one of those times, you'll probably notice that you never had 
um, one feeling like that and then you were okay. Often what happens is you start to feel like that and you feel like it for a little while and you start dwelling on it and then your unconscious goes and searches for more memories and more times of when you felt like that. So you start to think about another time that you felt like that and what this person said that made you feel like that. And before you know it, you've created this picture and this story and you're in a depressed and down state and you begin living like that. But actually what you can do is if you notice yourself starting to feel like that, just become conscious of how you're thinking and how you're feeling every day and ask yourself, do I want to feel like this right now? Is this a good use of my time and of my life? And if that answer is no, ask yourself, how do I want to feel instead? Oh, I want to feel love. When was a time I felt love? When was a time I felt gratitude? What can I think of that I'm grateful for right now? And start thinking of those things and start reinforcing all of those things that you can think of that make you feel the way that you want to feel. And just hold it for 17 seconds and then watch, see if you can bring in another memory or another time or, um, you know, we have so many great resources now. Things such as smiling. If you smile and you hold a really cheesy grin um, and you hold that for 17 seconds, it will literally start to change the chemistry in your body. The biochemistry will change. You'll start to produce the hormones that make you feel good and that make you feel happy. We've got YouTube and other amazing social media platforms. Go and search for a video or a piece of music that makes you feel really good and choose to consciously change your state because you need to get to a point where you have decided that no matter what, your life and what you want to create is more important to you than spending it feeling in a way that makes you crappy and unhappy. You know, it's about saying, actually, feeling like that is no longer acceptable to me. And I need to make a choice to do something about it. Even if I don't feel like it, I need to do this. Yeah, definitely. So it seems, it seems like you, you gave yourself questions to ask that. It seems like there were... I mean, you mentioned like you know okay how do I feel how do I want to feel what would it take for me to get there so it seems like you you had to ask yourself certain questions I mean was that how it went for you or was there was there an actual process that you went through yeah no absolutely it's exactly like you said it's asking it's asking yourself questions um you know and, and waking up and, and before you go to bed the things that we think about for the last five minutes before we go to bed stay in our unconscious and program our unconscious for up to five hours while we sleep. The thing with that is most people before they go to bed, they worry about everything that's happened that day. They worry about everything that's going to happen tomorrow. And that's not the way to program yourself to wake up in a great state. So the first thing to do is be conscious of that. And that's the key word in this is consciousness, being conscious and knowing before you go to bed, okay, what do I want to go to bed feeling? I want to go to bed feeling, for me, it was gratitude. Gratitude is one of the most powerful emotions that you can ever feel. So saying to yourself, right, before I go to bed this evening, tomorrow evening, the next evening, I am going to make sure that for the last five minutes of me being awake, I'm going to think about all the things I can choose to be grateful for. And I say choose to be grateful for, because sometimes you might go, well, there's nothing good in my life right now, you know, but it's, it's, it's actually saying, okay, then I might not feel like there's nothing good in my life right now. But if I had to pick something, if I had to think about other people, because there's always somebody in a worse situation than, than what you are. If I had to think about things that I could be grateful for, what would they be? Because that's going to put you in a great state before you go to bed. 
The other thing that you need to do is when you wake up in the morning, again, be conscious and say to myself, how do I want to feel today? No matter what you wake up like, and this takes practice as well. You're not going to wake up, um, you know, the first few days and everything's going to be perfect and it's going to be magic. And, um, you know, you're going to be conscious about every single thing that you're thinking and feeling as you move through your day, because you've had years of conditioning of being an opposite way. So, mm-hmm. Saying actually, it doesn't matter if I don't do it today or I forgot to do it this morning. I'm going to do it right now or I'm going to choose to do it later or no matter how I feel is saying, how do I feel and how do I want to feel? Asking yourself those two questions every single day, just starting with those. How am I feeling right now? And actually, how do I want to feel? Regardless of whether you choose to take action or not, what you've done is you've given yourself a choice. Rather than running on your automatic unconscious pilot mode, you've now given your cho- yourself a choice of how am I feeling? And how do I want to feel? Because when you know that, when you know that actually the way I'm feeling is not how I want to feel, you then have the option as to whether you go and change it and do something about it. And like I say, if you choose to make that choice to change it, it can be something as simple as writing a list of gratitude. For me, I love journaling. I still do this stuff every single day, even though I'm in a great space with my life right now, um, you know, and I I love what I'm creating and I love the way I think and feel and um, everything that shows up. It's because I still do these practices. I still choose to condition myself every single day to think and feel the way I want to think and feel. Because if you don't, Outside circumstances always will. You know, often the first thing we do when we wake up in the morning is check our phone, we check our emails, we check the news, we check, um, you know, like whatever the kids are around or we, we, our consciousness, where our focus goes to is determined by something else, by an email, by Facebook, by social media, by the news. It's like, unless you become conscious and you choose how you want to feel and you make that your choice every morning, first thing in the morning, someone or something else will choose it for you. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. So it seemed it seemed to me at least just listening to what you were saying there was you may or may not, obviously you can always say no to this, mm-hmm. you may actually have habits and routines yourself. So what what does your morning and evening routine look like so you mentioned journaling you mentioned asking yourself certain questions what other things do you do you do yeah absolutely so you know everybody has a routine whether you think you have a routine or not you have a routine <laughs> most people <laughs> are aware of you know um, and again I'm going to use that word again but it's all about being conscious it's about saying actually you know going back to that so for me when I wake up in the morning the first thing that I do is I grab my journal um, and I check in with myself and I'll write um, and I'll I'll ask this like okay how do I want to feel today what would my best day look like um, you know if I wasn't afraid today to take action if I had no fear what would my day look like what would I create what would I do who would I be Along with that, I also write myself a set of um, powerful I am statements. So I will write things like, um, I am a strong, confident woman. I'm consciously creating the life that I love. Um, I am an online leader. Um, I, I help my clients create amazing results every single day in everything they do. So I write out my reality. Every single morning, I write out my reality. And as I do it, I feel into it as well, because it's all about feelings. Um, you know, it's not just 
just a case of writing affirmations that don't feel true to you. It's about saying, who am I? Who do I want to be? And writing that out. So I write that out every single morning. Um, I also do uh, gratitude lists. Sometimes I don't do that in the morning. Sometimes I'll do it throughout the day. Sometimes I'll do it uh, before I go to bed. But every morning, journaling to me has become a must habit. The other thing that I do is I connect into my heart. The electromagnetic field around your heart is 1500 times stronger than that of your mind. Um, and there's something magical that happens when we, when we tap into the power of our heart. What science shows us is the electromagnetic field around your heart can now be measured for up to eight feet in front of you. And the only reason they can measure it that far is because that's as far as the scientific equipment allows them to measure. Now, what that means is um, when I feel a certain way, they can now measure the electromagnetic field growing stronger or weaker outside of my body based on the feelings that I'm feeling within my heart. So what I do, what's really important to me every morning is to make sure that I'm tapping into that space, to that powerful, powerful space and making decisions from there rather than the logical unconscious parts of my mind. So I, I tap into that every morning. That's another thing that I do. And as I go throughout my day, I'll, I'll often be checking in with myself and I'll say, okay, how do I want to feel? Am I feeling that way right now? If I, if I feel, if I don't feel very motivated or inspired, I'll ask myself, okay, what, what can I do to make myself feel that way? What can I do to change my state? So I've got like a, an inspirational YouTube video watch list that I have. Um, and I'll go and watch a video or I'll read a testimonial that one of my clients has said about my work and about the impact and difference I'm making. Or I'll just tap into my heart again for a few moments. Or I'll think about gratitude. Um, you know, there's so many different things that you can do. And this is about finding the ones that work best for you as well. Another tool and technique that I love to use is um, EFT, tapping. Some people may have heard of it, but it's a great way to shift the energy in your body. So if I'm feeling resistance to doing something, which does come up, I'll, I'll tap and I'll use EFT to get to the unconscious root of what it is that's causing that resistance and allowing me to release that resistance. And then again, before I go to bed, I'll bring in gratitude. But this is all about like I say, and I know I keep repeating it, but it's all about being conscious. It's all about choosing how you want to feel and what you want to create with your life. Because like I've said before, unless you do, your unconscious programming or external things outside of you will choose and create your life and the way that you feel for you. Right, cool. So just a, just a few things, because obviously there could be, could be people listening to this that have no idea what you said for the past i don't know 20 30 seconds regarding the the idea of what's happening to your heart and all of those sorts of things which which at first pass definitely sounds a little bit strange like how that's actually possible so just just before we we shift gears a little bit would you be able to share with us in in one minute or less, Louise, if, if that's all right, uh, what, what EFT is, what tapping is, and then we'll, we'll move on to the idea of the tapping into your heart. So start with, start with EFT first. Absolutely. Yeah. So EFT was um, actually a technique that was developed around 30 years ago now for um, ex-war veterans with post-traumatic stress disorder. 
Um, and what they found was that we access certain parts of our brain for certain memories. Um, and with EFT, it's basically you tap on the acupressure points within your body. And what it does is it sends um, a vibration down the meridian energy lines in your body. But basically what it does in layman's terms is when you are thinking of um, things that give you a heightened emotional uh, feeling. So if you're in fear, if you're in resistance, we feel it in our body. What EFT does, what tapping does is by tapping on certain parts of our body whilst accessing those different thoughts and feelings that come up, it takes away the emotional charge so you don't feel that crippling fear you don't feel that resistance it almost like collapses that out and it allows you to take action um, you know there's some great youtube videos and resources online for anybody who wants to check it out and for me when i first uh, found EFT it was in 2010 and I'll be honest I thought it was a load of bonk I thought it was bonkers I thought it was <laughs> nuts <laughs> it was never going to work um, you know and I didn't use it for a little while but um, there were some incidences in my life that led me to actually go and, um, and, and discover EFT in a deeper way. I ended up doing the training course and the master's course, and now I use it every single day without fail. I've used it with clients to help them stop smoking, to get over fears and phobias, um, to overcome trauma, post-traumatic stress, and to just take action in their business and their lives. So it's an incredible tool. Okay. So where, where would you recommend people go? I mean, YouTube's fine. I mean, we, we can Google it if we want to, but where would you suggest people go who are, who are sceptical? So people who might be, might be of a certain persuasion in terms of what they think works and the way they think we work as, as humans and as people and all of those kinds of things. So that they might need something a bit more, a bit more concrete in terms of the source of, of yeah. the information so where would you suggest where would you suggest people go that need a little bit more than a youtube video said so yeah. that's a, a great question and just just so that you're aware i was one of those people and i still i still am one of those people you know, <laughs> um, everything that i do and that one of the reasons that i love eft um, and i mentioned things that i did about the heart is because for me i'm very much one of those people i want to know why something works i want to understand the science behind it um, you know i want to understand the psychology and i want to know why it works and how it works that's why i love eft because you can absolutely find that information out nick ortner um, is an amazing guy um, online who anybody that's interested in learning more about eft and the back end of it i definitely suggest you check him out you know he works with uh, people such as tony robbins um, some amazing people in the online personal development world um, and he's that you know he's got some fantastic movies about EFT you can find out the science about EFT from him so Nick Ortner the tapping solution is definitely somebody that I would check out because um, he can deal with all of that and you know I also have a lot on my own website videos and um, information about EFT the science behind it why it works and how it works but again you know it's not just about saying oh well she says it works so I'm taking her word for it <laughs> you know it's like it's finding finding things that work for you and finding things that resonate with you you know i have some clients that don't like eft and that don't use eft that's absolutely fine but i have other clients that never even thought about it used it and they'll absolutely love it and like i say for me it's one of the most powerful things to get a quick emotional shift fast okay and how about this this coming from your, your heart thing so the the, the electrical magnetic 
field is something that I'm sort of familiar with. Obviously, it happens with everything, not just us as, as people. That's as far as, as I personally go. So what, what does that process look like? And is there a way of, I don't want to use engineering it so that you can see it and feel it that more often. But again, if, if someone was struggling to, to grasp the concept, what would that process look like? And what sort of benefits would people actually get, let's say, for the first one or two times of actually trying it? Yeah. Great question. And it's heart brain coherence. Um, again, there's um, heart, the, the Institute of Heart Math is a great place that you can Google that will again give you all the scientific stuff behind it, um, the research and, and everything that you need to know if you want to look up more about heart brain coherence. Um, but again, this for me, the reason I looked into heart brain coherence and discovered it was because um, I was hearing so much about the law of attraction and I studied the law of attraction for quite a long time. And again, I wanted to know the scientific stuff behind it. Like why, you know, what is this about? What is this energy thing about? Um, and, and I I could do like a whole couple of hours on this topic so <laughs> I won't go into it too much but to keep it really brief basically um, what happens is your, your heart is um, in a sense the electromagnetic field what that means is your heart is the most powerful organ in your body um, you know and when you feel a certain way when you have a thought in your mind within one one hundredth of a second that thought in your mind lights up a neural pathway in your brain creates a chemical reaction in your body that creates a hormone and a feeling. The more you feel that feeling, the more it turns into an emotion. The emotions that you feel, like I said, they change the electromagnetic field around your heart. Now, you don't need to know the science behind it, but if you want to, go and look it up. But basically, all you need to do, if you just took a couple of minutes, two or three minutes, every morning or throughout your day, just take some deep breaths, pull your focus down into your heart, and start imagining the feelings of love and gratitude in your heart and just breathe into that space and see if you can expand those feelings and um, when you try it you'll notice a difference you will notice a difference in how you feel um, your energy your shifts um, and there's loads of scientific stuff that shows you that the benefits in terms of health healing uh, changes in brain frequencies all that kind of stuff that you can find online and it's a really powerful tool just to settle you into your body allow you to be grounded and to get you out of that head mind chatter that you sometimes might feel um takes you into a space of overwhelm all right cool so again it, it's it's trying to it's trying to steer away from again I'm, I'm not saying that everyone listening to this will have no clue mm -hmm. what you've just said <laughs> but it's try, trying to as a way of bringing people up to speed a little bit our, our body is one entire thing it's not a brain and a heart and lungs and liver and gut mm -hmm. and everything else it's all it's all combined so that there must be a channel there must be a way of a way of interacting so so i know that that, that a lot of the, the body is connected in certain ways and all that kind of thing so i think i think that if someone does want to find out more about it then there are there are ways there are ways of doing that but are there any are there any particular resources that you'd recommend for someone that wanted to know more about that? 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I've mentioned the HeartMath Institute is a great place to, to, to go and look. And they have, they're um, a massive place in America now that are leading the way in the research, the scientific research as to how this works. Um, another person that I absolutely love to follow is Greg Braden, who is a scientist himself. He does um, a lot of research around this heart-brain um, coherence. And, you know, putting it, and this may sound like a very woo-woo, spiritual, out there kind of thing that I'm talking about, but actually, if you go and look at it, it's quite the opposite. It's scientifically proven to create a change in your body. And exactly like you said, the main thing is when we go into those spaces of feeling fear or doubt or, you know, everybody has those moments where you just kind of break down emotionally. You can't find a way out of it. This is physical stuff that will begin to change your body. Things that you can physically do that will start to change how you feel, um, you know, because it's all about how you feel and change how you feel in a physical way and a mental way sometimes it's easier to do it in a physical way before it is mentally yeah for sure definitely so if if people do want to, to find out more about it then they can they can go to the the resources or the places that, yeah. that you mentioned so what was next for you so so far we've we've gone through you know you, your experiences as as a teenager and and obviously doing the things that, that got you through that and yeah. obviously trying to get you to come out the other side. <laughs> but was there, was there anything that, that really stuck for you in terms of, okay, this was the defining moment for me? And then what, what happened next? Yeah, I think, do you mean in terms of creating that change or moving forward? Well, both really. I mean, it, was there a... <laughs> was there any defining moment that you thought okay this is this is the time that i can actually see the the end of the tunnel yeah so, so for me it was that it, it was the discovery that i could make a difference with what i had you know i found a purpose um you know i found a purpose for what I'd experienced and I found a purpose for my life. Um, and living life without a sense of purpose and mission was part of the reason why I ended up in that space I did in the first place. And when I was able to say, actually, this is, um, th this is now what I want to create. This is now what I want to do. Um, I want to use these experiences in a positive way and I want to help prevent any other person from feeling the way that I did then like that ignited such a fire within me that there was no going back and there wasn't at all um, and my life then began to change in in, in dramatic ways after that hmm. was there was there a process so there, there are people out there that will say particularly when you're when you're in your teen years and maybe just hitting the, the end of those is okay you've just got to go out and try stuff before yeah. you you settle on something but then there are people out there that say well just think really really hard about what you want to do even if you just get a little bit clearer you know finding 10 things is better than having nothing in your head that you can think of to give you any any sense of purpose so what what was that like for you did you go through a process did you try things did you figure things out I mean what what was that actually like yeah. Um, and, you know, it's interesting because I if somebody had told me years before what I was going to go on to do, I would have thought they were crazy, um, you know, because I had no idea. <laughs> 
<laughs> no idea that was what I really wanted to do. Um, but it, it, it didn't come straight away. You know, I, uh, I managed to turn my life around and got things back on track. Um, and then through my late teens and um, my sort of when I was around the age of 20, um, I got a regular job. I was working in sales. Um, and I think it was from what happened really was um, I followed the signs of what were presenting themselves in front of me. So um, I was having like uh, my parents, friends were coming to me and saying, actually my child is starting to act in this way or saying they're feeling like this. Like, what did you do that prevented you from, you know, feeling that way? Like how, you know, how could, how could we help them? If you've got any advice, like uh, what, what are your suggestions? And then I was seeing other young people that I knew of that were going down this route of crime and different kind of behaviors and I could see actually if they just had this, if they were given this bit of guidance and they understood this, then they wouldn't need to do that because they wouldn't feel the way that they're feeling. Um, and so I was starting to see that and I was starting to see that actually what I knew, what I'd experienced could help other people. And I think more than that as well, the, the drive and determination of never feeling the way that I once felt and, and the pain that it would cause in me to think of another person feeling that way and not having anybody to help and support them. Like that was huge. That was a huge driving factor for me. And um, I just became determined to do something about it, really determined to do something about it. But before that time, um, you know, I was going to be an interior designer. I was going to be a lawyer. I was going to be, <laughs> you know, all these different things that I thought that I was going to do thought I was going to be um, but it was through actually really listening to um, to my heart and the passion that I had inside of me to say actually this is this is what gives me a sense of purpose this is what makes me feel alive and that's okay if you don't know that yet exactly like you said it's just a case of trying different things but I think as well that the advantage that I had um, going through those years that I did I experienced so many different things that I was afraid of um, that actually fear to me at that point wasn't such a big deal anymore because um, I'd faced a lot of my fears as a young person and um, so it was a case of actually I'm just going to create this and I'm going to go for it because I've got nothing to lose um, and if something that I have to give impacts and changes the life of one young person then everything I went through meant something. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it definitely comes across to me like the, the struggles that you've had have suddenly became your strengths. And I just want to say, you know, that there aren't that many people that have gone through what, what you have and have come out the other side. So I really, I really respect you for that. You know, it's, it's not something that a lot of people do, do go through. Definitely come across as, as a strong person, Louise. And I think that, you know, your, your ability to, to do that and to, to understand that, and not just that, but to, to use that, because there are so many people that will go through a similar thing to you and, and you know, just think that they don't feel like they can actually help others with it, what you have. So I definitely want to, want to make a point of saying, you know, well done, you know, for, for getting to the other side of that. Thank you. I really appreciate that. And um, that means a lot to hear. And I think that the difference is as well that there are so many people, you, you don't have to have gone through something as like traumatic and big as what I did. You know, everybody, everybody has experiences and knowledge and wisdom that you can share with other people and make a real difference. Um, I think that the difference between 
uh, me and some other people that I ask myself this question like for so long like what is the difference that makes a difference you know and I think that it's about making that choice even if you don't feel like it right now if you don't feel that what you've got to say is worth anything to anybody else saying actually um, I'm saying that it is and um, I'm going to try it and I'm going to see and I'm going to do what I need to do every day to condition myself to believe that I have got something of value that can help somebody else. Um, you know, it's about, it's almost um, about saying that, yes, this happened to me. How can I, how can I find the gift in that? How can I find a gift in that rather than wallowing in that? Um, you know, how, what can I pull out of it? What can I learn from it? What lessons can I pass on to somebody else? Because no matter where you are, what you've faced, what situations you've got going on right now, there are always 10, 20, 30, hundreds of people who are just two steps behind where you are, who are in that position, who could have done with the guidance and wisdom that you now hold. And you owe it to yourself, really, to say, I'm making the most of my life. I'm going to be all that I can be. And no matter how I feel about it right now, um, I'm going to make a difference. I'm going to take it and use it as a gift to help others. Yeah. So what, what would you say to someone then that was at, at the crossroads? So someone that has gone through something, might not be as, as dramatic as, as yourself always, but someone that's, I mean, you know, I, w- I wouldn't even say a hardship or a struggle because there are so many people out there where their lives aren't fabulous, but they're also not dire, you know? There's that, like, grey gray area, and they're, they're unsure whether they they should help others they weren't sure whether they could help others do you have any advice for for those people yeah absolutely you know and they're the kind of clients that I work with all the time and often people have this thing of well what have I got to give who am I to do this and I always say who are you not to do you know what I mean it's like who are you? like you have if you have a message in you if you have some of the some of the um people that I work with some of the clients I work with don't even so much as have like a um a positive message to share in a sense they have artwork or they have something within them that they love to create and that they want to share um Um, And it's making that, if you're in that crossroad place, it's making that choice because do you know what? What I quickly realized is nobody's going to come along and save you. Nobody's going to do it for you. Nobody's going to go, oh, here, this is your, this is your pass now to go out and do this and be all that you want to be. You have to make a choice. You have to make a choice to say, do I want to wake up one day and look back at my life and say, I could have done this. I could have done that. I could have been this. I could have been that. I could have helped that person and go, Oh, but it's too late now. Or do you want to wake up and say, actually, do you know what? Even if things didn't work out perfectly the way I wanted them to, I gave it my best shot. I lived with meaning. I lived with purpose. I think the thing with me is I know what it's like to be at the bottom place in your life. And I also know what it's like to feel like you're living at the top. And there's no way I want to go back there. And there's no way I want anybody else to feel like that because there's no need for it. You don't need to. You don't have to suffer. You don't have to choose to be anything less than what you can be. Um, You have a choice. And everything you have in your life right now is your choice, whether you're consciously aware of it or not. You have chose that that is acceptable for you on some level. What that means is you can also choose something different. And it's up to you which way you go. Um, You know, if you decide to make the choice to create what you want to create, it is possible. Absolutely 100% possible. If you choose not to do anything, you're still making a choice. 
Mm, definitely, it's kind of that. If you don't make a decision, if you don't make a decision, you're still making a decision. You know, it's yeah. it's that this idea of um, you're always going to get results from what you do. If you want different results, then you got to change what you do. You know, you get you get in you get in results no matter what, right? Yeah, and I think you know another thing to that is you don't have to do it alone. You do not have to do it alone. You are not on your own. You are never alone. There are some amazing people out there. We've got so much at our fingertips these days. So choose to be inspired. Choose to get yourself around some other people that think in the way that you do. Um, you know, look at people who are doing what you want to do and and model that and surround. Get yourself in great environments because often, you know, environment is accounts for so much for so much. We often surround ourselves with people who are like we are because that becomes normal to us. So if you're not liking what is your current normal, choose something different, create a new normal, create something else. Is there anything that you would suggest doing that? So there are loads of people out there that might, that might agree with you. You know, a lot of people will be listening to this going, right, okay, but, but how, like what, what can I do to actually change my environment? I mean, you know what what where would you go from there yeah so um you know for me for now for instance i mean if i was working with somebody who's in that space and said look i need uh, i need help i need support the first thing is to ask don't be afraid to ask it doesn't make you any weaker to ask it actually makes you stronger because it puts you in a powerful position it puts you in the position of taking ownership of where you are right now so ask for the help you know there's um there, there's so many free resources online so many amazing resources online um there's groups of people that you can meet up with there's great coaches out there there's mentors out there there's people like yourself there's people like myself reach out and contact these people um you know spend your time instead of worrying about what you haven't got spend your time finding the resources to give you what you want you know for me like when I decided to make the transition online and when I set up the social enterprise that I had before I didn't have a clue what I was doing um <laughs> not know what I was doing at all but I dedicated myself to finding out I dedicated and committed myself to searching for the resources that I need the people that I needed because I've made a decision in my mind that I was going to do what it takes until it takes no matter what and that was my mentality. I trained myself and conditioned myself to have the mentality of I was going to do what it takes, no matter what it takes, until it takes, no matter what. Like that was what I focused on. Instead of focusing on what I didn't have and what I didn't want, I focused on what I wanted. And I asked for help. I asked for support. I contacted people who were doing what I wanted to do, who were living how I wanted to live. And soon that became my way of living. That became my reality. And even now I surround, I have an amazing mastermind group of women. Um, I always, as a coach, I always work with coaches because I know the benefit of coaching. Um, you know, I resource myself. I go on different training courses. I go on different events, retreats, all kinds of stuff. Because again, going back to what we were speaking about earlier, I ask myself, how am I feeling right now? How do I want to feel? What things are going to create that feeling for me? You know, what actions can I take? Who can I be around? What do I want my life to look like? And I consciously create it in the way that I want to. You can too. Right. So what, what places would you suggest people go to? So if we sort of pull out some of the, the key, I mean, you know, it doesn't have to be like list all of them. But if, if you could maybe come up with some that, that could benefit someone listening right now, are there any, is there anything that you would suggest? 
Yeah, so again, because it's going to be different for everybody. Um, you know, I've got some amazing resources on my website. You've probably got some amazing resources on yours. Um, the first thing is getting clear on how do I want to feel and then go and look for that. Go and, you know, mm. you can Google, you can YouTube, you know. It's like there's so much. We have everything at our fingertips. You've got networking groups. You've got meet-up groups. Um, you know, reach out. to. So look at how, how do I want to feel? What do I want to create? Who do I want to be? Who's already doing that? Let me search for it. And go and search. Take action. Fill your days with that. You know, things like um, get some audio books. Um, surround yourself with inspiring stuff. Surround yourself with the kind of feeling and the kind of person that you want to be. Surround yourself with that. Um, you know, even things like asking yourself, what am I putting in my body, like food-wise? What, what am I putting in my body? What am I fueling myself with? What am I fueling my mind with? Am I working out? Am I feeling healthy? There's so many different things that you can do. And, you know, the, the resource is going to be different for everybody. But people like myself, people like you, Michael, reach out to us and say, look this is where i am this is where i want to be can you help me um nine times out of ten people will yeah for sure so is, is there any because i'm trying to i'm trying to figure out why people struggle so people do have this this resistance around doing these sorts of things whether it be you know worrying about what other people would think if you started going to to these meetup places to meet new people you know, all, all of these sorts of things. You know, a lot of people do have resistance around changing their environment, whether it be leaving their old people, so to speak, behind mm -hmm. to try and find new people. Yeah. What, what advice would you have for, for those people that have the resistance around changing their... We'll start with mostly the social environment because I think that probably has more of an impact over people than people realise. And I just want to say as well, absolutely everyone has resistance around that. Everybody has resistance around it. Everybody has new resistances that come up no matter where you are in your journey. And it's like I said earlier, the reason why people don't change and the reason why they stay where they are is because there's more benefit for them to stay where they are than there is to move past that resistance and create that change. So one of the things that I get my clients to do, something really simple, um, is to write out, okay, think about what it's, so if you're thinking, right, okay, I want to go to a networking event, but I'm too scared, I'm introverted, I don't know what people are going to say about me, all this kind of stuff. This all comes down to mindset, 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 mindset. The number one key is to create a mindset practice. Um, you know, get work on your mindset every single day because that's what that is but something simple that you can do that I get my clients to do is to think about what it is that you want so if it's to go to that networking event for instance write yourself a list of 20 reasons at least 20 reasons why it's better for you not to go to that networking event then write yourself a list of 20 reasons at least 20 reasons as to what might happen if you do go to that networking event. And you'll find things like, if I go to that networking event, I might get judged by other people. If I go to that networking event, I might have to say what it is I really do. I might even take on new clients, but I'm not ready for that yet. Or what if I do start making money and I have to change my peer group? What if people judge me? Um, you know, what this, what this begins to do is, all of the, because this is all unconscious stuff. This is all unconscious mindset, programs, patterns, and beliefs. And what this starts to do is when you create these lists and I get my clients to do it with everything they're resisting um, is it allows the unconscious to become conscious. So it will show you the benefits to you staying stuck right now. So the benefits are one of the benefits to not going through a networking event could be 
that you get to stay home and you don't actually have to do any work. Another benefit could be that um, you actually, by staying in the situation that you're in right now, by being a victim, you actually get sympathy from other people. There could be financial benefits to staying where you are right now. And often there is, even those people who want to create great wealth, there's benefits, more benefits to them staying stuck where they are, poor and broke, than there is to making all of this wealth. Unconsciously, this is. So you, when you start writing these lists, it allows the unconscious to become conscious. And again, when you can see that, you are no longer in a, a space of powerlessness because you can see what it is that's keeping you where you are. Whereas often what happens is you just feel it as a fear. You feel it as resistance. And then you go, oh, it's because I'm not good enough. Oh, it's because there's something wrong with me. Oh, it's because this is never going to happen for me. When actually what you can see is, oh, actually, no, it's because unconsciously I'm thinking this and this and this and this. So writing those lists is a really great place to start. And, you know, getting yourself some, some support around mindset, getting yourself a daily practice um there's, there's there's so much out there you know speaking with a mindset coach speaking with yourself um getting the support that you need but starting start with those lists daily mindset routine creating what it is that you want and every time you feel resistance ask yourself okay what are 20 reasons what what are 20 benefits that i have from not changing and staying where i am and what are 20 things that might happen if i do change and get what i want that will be a great start for you because it will, like I say, the unconscious begins to come conscious and then you have a choice as to what you do. Right. Sure. Yeah. So I can definitely see how, how those lists would work. It's almost like, it's almost like putting your, your thoughts down onto paper a little bit and encouraging yourself to, to see everything written out in front of you to make, to make a bit more sense of it, I would imagine. I mean, what, what impact would you say this, this would have? This is massive. This is absolutely huge. I've had clients that have done this um, in their business. I had one client that just did it just recently. She'd not had any previous clients at all. She'd done all of her work for free. She did these lists within the space of that day of doing these lists. She had two clients book up for um, coaching sessions with her. Um, you know, I've had other people who have done these lists who have um, another client that I've worked with who she was like, she wasn't able to do what she wanted to in business she couldn't she could not decide like what her um purpose was what her vision was what her thing was that she wanted to do in the world when she'd done these lists she was completely able to see why she couldn't and it had nothing to do with her inability to do anything it was all this unconscious stuff that was keeping her stuck you know doing these lists changes everything and it sounds so simple and that's often why I think most people won't do them. Um, it is so simple, yet it is so powerful. It's so empowering because whether you're aware of it or not, most people aren't aware. They're telling themselves an unconscious story of why they can't do what it is they want to do. And this often manifests in the feeling of not being good enough, in the feeling of unworthiness. When you start to do these lists, you're not just writing what your thoughts are. You're seeing the unconscious stories and the reasons as to why you can't take the action. And that is so empowering. Um, it's so empowering. It changes everything for you. It literally changes your map of reality because you're now able to see what you could no longer see before. Um, you know, and I still do this myself. I still, there's still things where I get resistance in all the time. Um, we always do, no matter what level we're at, no matter where we're growing. And you, when you begin to make the, the conscious, the unconscious conscious, you are then empowered. You're no longer a victim to the mental prison in your mind. You're now the creator of your own reality because you get to see it for exactly what it is. 
Yeah, well, one of the um, the things that definitely stuck out for me was this idea of why. So this idea of, of actually trying to come up with the reasons why you're doing what you're doing and the reasons why you're not doing what you're doing. I like the idea of making the unconscious conscious, you know, and, and using this this idea of why, this concept of actually asking yourself why. I mean, we know, you know therapists use it all the time and a lot of people tend to shy away from this idea of why as if like well why do I need a reason it's like well because you there's a reason why you're not doing the things that you want to do and I think that once once you use those listers as you mentioned you're able to actually see it in front of you the reason why you're you're doing what you're doing and not doing what you want to do so yeah they, they, they do seem definitely powerful processes that that our listeners would probably benefit from for sure so do you, do you have any so we're, we're coming to the end almost louise so we are we are nearly there um last couple of the questions if there was because we've, we've done a lot of recommendations so i think we'll probably skip the recommendation side of things unless you have any any books that you would recommend for for our listeners if they wanted to to learn more Oh, that's a great question. I am, um, I love my books. <laughs> I love my <laughs> of books. And, you know, um, and again, it depends on what it is that you're looking to create. Um, there are some incredible books out there and some incredible resources. Um, I think for me, one of the books that um, really had a big impact on me um, is, uh, which is an easy read as well, is uh, Bruce Lipton's Honeymoon Effect. Now, this book is based around relationships, um, but it's not actually just for relationships. Like the, what I love about the book is the way that it's written. It talks about a lot of the stuff I've talked about. It talks about how the unconscious works. It talks about um, the conscious mind and how patterns work and pretty much everything I've been speaking about. It talks about it in a relationship sense. But what, that, what it also does is it's not just relevant to relationships. You can take that information and put it across the board. And I think that's so powerful because it, it again, it shows us our behavior. It shows us what goes on when we want to create something and be someone. Um, so that's one incredible book. And, you know, I could, I could list, I could list hundreds of books. <laughs> and, and again, the reason I do is because they're such great resources. Um, you know, again, we've got so much information available to us. You can find a book to teach you just about anything. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm reading, I'm always reading and it just depends what outcome is it that you want to get? Um, what is it that you're looking for? What are you looking to change? And I think on that note as well, for me, you can be easily bombarded with so much information. The key is to say, okay, where do I want to go? What do I want to be? How do I want to feel? What is the one next thing I need to know? The one next thing I need to know in order to move me closer to that. When you know the answer to that question, then go and look for the book or look for the teacher or look for the resource. Because otherwise you'll end up spending, buying so many different programs and courses and books and you can end up in information overload. So ask yourself, what is the one next thing I need to know in order to move me closer to where I want to go? And then go and, um, you know, find that resource based on the answer to that question. Excellent stuff. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've not actually... 
I've not actually heard or read that book before, so it's definitely something that I'm going to add to add to my reading list. I like the idea of being a bit more being a bit more specific with the thing that you're consuming. So obviously, finding out you know where where you want to go, finding the book that can help you get there. Because as you say, we are we are bombarded with a lot of information on a daily or even hourly basis for some people, and you know. Facebook does have the option of um, not following people, so you don't see their stuff. So, you know that that's one of the things that that I quite like. So, if people are in that in that space where they are surrounded by people that are causing them them a lot of negativity around certain things, you know, maybe people that are always always complaining about their day and looking forward to the weekend and all of that sort of thing, you can you can actually take their their posts and things and you can set it so you don't actually see them see them again so that's that's something that that i did with, with certain people that I, i've sort of grown away from you know I, I still keep in touch face to face i still do all of that sort of thing but when you're when you're trying to create a more positive environment sometimes you do actually have to have to let the negative go sometimes you can't just like work around it or any of those sorts of things sometimes it's literally a case of of moving forwards absolutely and i love that feature on facebook i use it a lot (laughs) 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 and it goes back to consciously creating your own environment like how do you want to feel are the the people that you're surrounding yourself with making you feel the way that you want to feel is the information that you're viewing on facebook i mean facebook i love facebook it's a great resource um but i love it because i can unfollow people so i choose what comes into my world i choose what um, i'm filtering in you know i've got facebook groups that I'm, that I'm in that are fantastic groups, some that aren't so much. Um, and I came out of them, you know, it's about exactly like you said, choosing, choosing what it is that's taking your focus and your attention because it's all down to you and your choice. Definitely. All right. So one last question. This will definitely seem like a curveball. All the guests that I've had on have gone, Ooh, that's, that's interesting, isn't it? And a lot of them, they do actually take a bit of time to think about it. So you are allowed to, uh, to think about this one, all right? Mm-hmm. And, the, yeah. and the, the question is, what do you want the world to know about you that it doesn't already know? Mm, that is a good question, that it doesn't already know. Oh, that's a very tricky question. Um, because I think the way I choose to live my life and business, there used to be a time where they were separate things. Whereas now it's, it's, I share pretty much everything. I don't think there's much that I don't share. Um, one of the things that I do want the world to know, but I think the world kind of, I like to share it in the world, um, is that I truly believe that if I can come from the place I came from, as a young person and the environments I was in, how I felt about myself and who I was to where I am today, absolutely anybody can do that. And that's what drives me to, to do the work that I do. I think not many people know that the, the biggest thing that drives me to do what I do is um, it pains me to see people stuck and in unnecessary pain and suffering and, um, that's probably my biggest driver and motivator. And I don't think I've actually shared that before publicly as to what my biggest motivator is. So, um, yeah, pretty much everything else about me is out there. 
um, you know, because I think it's important that that we realise that actually we are we are our message. You know, we are what people relate to, and we are what make the change and make the difference. So, um, choose to step up and share it all unapologetically. You know. Yeah, for sure, definitely. Well, Louise, thank you for being a, a guest on the show. Keep keep being strong, keep moving forwards, and um, I'm sure we'll we'll speak again soon. Thank you. Thanks. It's been absolutely great. I've enjoyed it.